one of the quintessential sounds of the British seaside, cliff lifts or funiculars. These are the sounds of the wonderful central tramway in the heart of Scarborough, just one of the town's two remaining cliff lifts that has been in operation since 1881. The tram transports thousands of people just like I am right now each year up and down the steep cliff that separates Scarborough Town Centre and the beautiful South Bay. But did you know that the Central Tramway also plays an important role in a key scene in the latest crime novel by author Glenda Young that is set in Scarborough? It's one of many familiar locations around the town that Glenda brings to life in her book Foul Play at the Seaview Hotel. And when I spoke to her, she began by explaining why she chose Scarborough as the setting for her crazy crime novels. Scarborough is my my happy place. I come there on holiday a few times a year and I've always loved it ever since I was a tiny child. And I got married there as well at the Stephen Joseph Theatre. So Scarborough is a really special place for me and my family. Um, and during lockdown, I couldn't get out to research the historical novels that I write, which are set in the Northeast. Um, and obviously we all went through lockdown. It was horrific and we couldn't leave the house and what have you. So I went <laughs> because I couldn't leave the house. I went to Scarborough in my imagination um, and I needed something to kind of buoy up my mental health. So I, I wanted to write a comedy book. Um, so I had this idea about the 12 Elvis impersonators called Twelvis and they would go to Scarborough for an Elvis fan convention. But then one of them would end up being killed and he'd have his blue suede shoes stolen. So it, was, it turned out, it, yes, there's comedy there, but it turned out to be a cosy crime book. Um, and it, so it's set in Scarborough and it just meant that every day during lockdown, I could disappear to Scarborough in my imagination. I spoke to the Scarborough Elvis himself, Mr. Tony Skingle, uh, who was really helpful with information about being an Elvis impersonator and that, that world. Um, and I'm not a huge Elvis fan, I have to admit, but every morning when I sat down to write, as well as be, being transported mentally to Scarborough, um, I used to sit down and listen to an Elvis song on YouTube that in some way related to the chapter that I was writing. So, for instance, the first chapter would be Heartbreak Hotel. It, it cheered me up no end during lockdown to think I was walking the streets of Scarborough, going in the pubs and doing all the things that I, I could have done if I'd been there on holiday. One of my questions to you was going to be, you must really love Elvis because in all three books there's <laughs> lots of mentions of Elvis and obviously Helen's husband her husband who passed away is a big Elvis fan and impersonator and all that kind of stuff um but you're telling me that that you're not actually a massive Elvis fan I did wonder if you, if you were including like your, your hobbies and interests because obviously your latest book your third one is all about a team of crazy golfers and I do know that you do enjoy a bit of crazy golf I, yes, I do. I've got a um, a crazy golf blog uh, with my husband. It's called Two Crazy Golfers. I mean, we're not we're not like mad on crazy golf, but if we go somewhere and there's a crazy golf, we always we always play it just because it's so much fun and we don't take it seriously at all. Uh, usually, like whoever loses has to buy a drink in the pub or something like that. Um, but yes, for the so the the first book was the Elvis impersonators. The second book was about a group of amateur dramatic actors, which is something I know a little of because. When, when I was growing up, my younger brother was very much involved in that world and he would bring the most strange people home. The third book, I thought, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do it about crazy golfers. They're going to be quite obsessive about the game and they're going to take it really seriously and they're going to treat it like an Olympic sport. And unbeknownst to me, in the nicest possible way, there are people who do that. <laughs> um, so I'm glad I've written the book that because um, all the books are cosy crime, they're nice and light. There's lots of humour there. Um, and I'm really pleased I, 
I, I didn't offend anyone <laughs> because I didn't realize that there were crazy golfers there who, who were so serious. But the crazy golf community in the UK, the, um, there's a British mini golf association um, who very kindly allowed me to quote from their rules in the book as well, because one of the rules plays an important part of the story. The fourth book that I'm going to start researching this year is going to be called Deadly Dancing at the Seaview Hotel. And it's all about ballroom dancing. Now, I don't really know much about ballroom dancing, apart from what I watch on Strictly. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I've got myself booked into Blackpool Tower Ballroom uh, this spring to watch the World's Open Championships. And I just want to get a feel of the characters and the people that attend these dances and just kind of, just to sit there and soak up the atmosphere. So when I start writing the book, it's got a ring of authenticity and I'll be doing some more research as well at Scarborough Spa in the summer. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then the fifth one that I'll probably start writing next year um, will either be about, well, maybe I shouldn't say because there are two options at the moment. So I don't want to give them away just in case. I really love the fact that at the end of each book, there's like the little tease, isn't there, for the for the next book. So uh, if, if, if and when you write your fourth one, we'll, we'll know what the fifth one's going to be, won't we? You will, yes, yes. There's always a phone call right at the end on the on the last page. So Helen Helen Dexter, who runs the fictional CV Hotel, just when she thinks you know she solved the murder, everything's going to be all right, she takes a phone call, and it's the next set of guests um, booking in. Um, so at the end of the Crazy Golf book, the the ballroom dancers are booking in, um, and yes, they they they're going to be some fantastic characters. I've got them almost forming in my head at the moment and I'll probably start writing the book in the spring this year. You, you talk about doing obviously a lot of research for your books um could you just explain some of your process there because obviously you, you're on about going to Blackpool for your next book what what did you do for what in the in the sense of your first three books and and maybe your latest one in particular what sort of research did you do for, for those ones? So obviously the first book I wrote during lockdown so i I it was all in my imagination and I had to go online and look for maps and, and think, OK, how long would it take to walk from, say, the spa um, up to town and then down again? Uh, whereas now, you know, I can go there and, and time myself so I know how things work. It's really the research is is an absolute joy because because I love Scarborough so much. It doesn't feel like work. You know, I can just walk the streets and soak the atmosphere up. But one thing that happened um in the book about the crazy golfers, which is called Foul Play at the Seaview Hotel, there's a really important scene that takes place on the central tramway funicular. And in the scene, I'll not give too much away in case anybody hasn't read this yet, but in the scene, the funicular cars pass on the hill and Helen is in one car and the murderer is in the other. And so I wanted to know, because even though the funicular cars go quite slowly, at that moment on the hill when they pass, it's almost a blink and you'll miss it moment. So I needed to know how much Helen would actually see of the murderer. So I sent my husband down to the bottom car and I got in the top one and I said, you know, I just just need to see, can I see your face? I'd go, can I just see the colour of your jacket? Um, so that's what we were doing. So he was waiting down on the seafront and I got in at the top station and I had my notepad in my hand, as I always do when I'm kind of scribbling notes. And the chap at the central tramway said, oh, what, what are you doing? What are you writing? And so I told him <laughs> and he said, would you like us to stop the funicular halfway down for you? And I thought, actually, that's not what I need at all because I need to know 
how what I can see when the cars pass. But I thought I'm not going to miss up, you know, pass the opportunity of, of having a funicular stopped on the hill. So I said, oh, that would be wonderful. So that was a bit of research that was additional. I mean, I really didn't need it, but it was, it was just a wonderful thing for them to offer to do. I still can't believe they did it, to be honest. I was buzzing. So I've become quite good friends with the people at Central Tramway and they now stock the books at the top station. And I had the, the book launch for um, Foul Play at the Seaview Hotel in in the funicular at the top station just in December last year. Little bits of research like that can lead to friendships in Scarborough, can lead to business opportunities and they're selling my books now. And in the first book, Murder at the Seaview Hotel, about the Elvises, uh, there's a really important scene that's set in the Rose Garden and the South Cliff Gardens. Um, so I obviously went there. Um, I mean, it's all been changed now. It's all been updated mm. and uh, the South Cliff Gardens, especially the Rose Garden, is so beautiful. So it's a little bit different to how it was in the book. But I needed to go to the Rose Garden and just sit and think where if someone was approaching me, where would they come from and how long would it take them to walk there? And so there's a really important scene that's set there. And through that, the connection with the South Cliff Gardens, I, I made a really good friend in uh, Gemma Alexander, who is the the engagement officer for the South Cliff Gardens. And uh, she allowed me to have the book launch for that book at the South Cliff Gardens um, in July last year, which was wonderful. It was it was just the best day ever. So lots of lovely things have happened in Scarborough because of my books, and um, and I'll just be forever grateful. It's been wonderful. Oh, that's really really lovely. I, I've really enjoyed reading the books. Um, as someone who's lived in Scarborough my whole life, I just I love how it your books they do genuinely transport you to Scarborough, like the accuracy in. Um, in the the locations and and the the things you bring into it are just absolutely fantastic and and obviously I can understand why now. Obviously, your lead character Helen Dexter, she she runs the Seaview Hotel. When I was re, um, researching to do some research for this interview, I looked online at, at, at some of the um, reviews of your book and stuff. One of the themes that came out of those reviews was people constantly praising the the lead character Helen. What do you think it is that people like about her? I think it's because she's ordinary. Um, I mean, she's going through an extraordinary situation in that she's recently widowed. Um, so, so you kind of feel her pain, but you also you you want you want the best for her. Um, and she's just an ordinary woman, really, who's 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 working really hard to keep the hotel going on her own after her husband's died. It is hard work. And I've got friends who run a bed and breakfast in Scarborough. I know how much hard work it is, but she runs it with ease because it's, it's a well-oiled machine and she's got some, she's got some wonderful staff, especially a woman called Jean who does the cooking. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention Jean and, and Yeah, Jean's fab. Yeah. yeah. She's a great but character. I think with Helen, it's just, she's so, just so ordinary. She's hardworking. Um, she puts the hours in. And, you know, poor woman, she, she has her guests that keep getting murdered. But I have to say, no one ever gets killed inside the hotel. And that will that will always be the case. Um, and she's got to unwillingly become this amateur sleuth um, who gets drawn into solving the crimes. Brilliant. With, with of course, with a sidekick, Suki. Suki is her rescue greyhound. Um, in Cozy Crime, the lead character often has a pet. And I thought, OK, well... I, I do like cats, but there's not much a cat can really do for solving crimes. I thought, and I, but I really like dogs. And I thought, what kind of dog am I going to give her? And I thought, I've, I've always had a kind of a, a fondness for greyhounds, rescue greyhounds. Um, 
although I've never been able to, I've never, I haven't got one and I don't suppose I ever will, but because I've created Suki and I'm writing about the Greyhound now, um, it's, it's really lovely. Um, and I, I've got a friend with Grey, rescue greyhounds. So I went for a walk with her. And again, that's research that I do. So I knew how laid back greyhounds were, which I was really surprised about. And in the second book, I ran a competition for someone to win, to have a, their name included as a character in the book. In order to enter the competition to win their name in the book, they had to donate to a dog charity, which was called Dog Aid Assistance in Disability. So it was for my friend is a trainer who trains dogs to help people with disabilities. So that was wonderful. That was a really nice thing to do. So, yeah, and Suki features on all of the covers of the books as well. You see view books are obviously not the only books you've had published you you're quite a prolific writer actually and you've also got a, a series of sagas that are, are set in the northeast could you tell me a little bit about them yeah the um so that's how i started writing novels um my my novels are historical sagas they're set at the end of the first world war in the northeast in a pit village where i'm from and one of them is set between the northeast and scarborough <laughs> which was really good because it meant i could come down to do research with the scarborough historical society and the maritime center and and, it, and so i learned all about the Harry girls there's a few reasons why i said it between the northeast and scarborough obviously the first one was so i could come down and do research and include scarborough in the books i love it so much and it was fascinating to find out all about how scarborough rebuilt itself after the end of the first world war when we you know, there was the bombardment of Scarborough and how badly that affected the town. But I also found out that in the northeast village that I was writing about, one of the houses was used by the Earl of Scarborough as a holiday home. So I thought, well, there's a there's a connection there. The Earl of Scarborough isn't in the book. I've included a a Scarborough family, a really well-to-do Scarborough family, uh, who have made their money on the herring fleets, um, and they've bought a you know a home in the northeast in this uh in this village the head of the family is uh, is a real rogue he's a real villain but it just means that now i'm alternating between historical sagas and the cozy crimes in scarborough so it keeps both genres fresh the sagas and the cozy crimes are published by headline as well so i'm you know it's with a major publisher and the books are available in all all the bookshops um on and online as well one other thing that caught my eye with you uh glenda is you're quite a big Coronation Street fan. I, I, I Yes, I, I've watched it all of my life. I don't watch it so much now, but it was a huge part of my life for a very long time. Um, and I set up a Coronation Street fan website, which still exists. It's called Coronation Street Blog. There's a, a, a team of us who write for it now. Um, and... I've also written uh, television tie-in books for ITV, so official Coronation Street TV tie-in books as well. And I always think when in the cozy crime books in Scarborough, when we've got Helen, her cook Jean and the cleaner Sally, the three of them, when they're sitting around the table in Helen's kitchen and they're talking about the guests or they're trying to solve the crime, for me, I'm harking back to the very old days of Coronation Street where you've got Ina Sharples, you know, Minnie Caldwell and Martha Longhurst sitting in the snug, gossiping over a half pint of stout. Um, it's it's it it does hark back to that. And it's the it, there's a value in that gossip, you know, in, in the women's friendship, and that's what helps solve the crimes in the in in the Scarborough books. The sense I got from from reading your book, your books on the sea view was 
it, they're character books. They're about the characters, aren't they? I know there's a murders a murder happens in each one, but really it's about those relationships between those characters. It is, and well. and what one thing that the reviews say as well, which makes me so happy, is that Scarborough comes across as a character. You know, it's it's not just there as background, and I don't just throw in its name every now and then. You, you're walking the streets and. You can smell the sea air, and you're walking on the beach with the characters, and um, that that's been wonderful. And you know what the best thing is as well? People email me and say, "I've read your books, and I haven't been at Scarborough for years, but I'm, I've booked a holiday now because of the books." Oh, that's and brilliant. that's just amazing. Um, and I've even heard, and uh, I know it hasn't happened yet, but I have even heard that someone is moving to Scarborough. They're, they're selling up their house in another part of the country wow. purely because. They visited Scarborough on the strength of the books and they and loved it so much that they decided to move there. So, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's that's great, amazing, isn't it? isn't it? The power of writing, that's fantastic. I know. So just one final question for you then, Glenda. You're a massive fan of Scarborough, as we've talked about. If you were coming to Scarborough for a weekend or something like that, what would be your top three things that you would do in Scarborough? So this is what I do. We come on a Friday and we leave on a Monday. That's our usual thing. We'll do a few times a year. Um, Friday night, we'll be fish and chips <laughs> from Mother Hubbard's. I absolutely love the fish and chips in there. Um, yeah. And maybe a couple of drinks in the North the North Riding pub, because it's my favourite pub. The back room at the North Riding is perfect. There's no music. It's just old-fashioned. And uh, I know Karen... Um, who who runs it? It's wonderful. So that would be Friday night. We'd stay at a nice bed and breakfast somewhere. Nothing. I don't like big hotels, and I don't like anything too posh. It's got to be nice and friendly. And then Saturday would be a lovely breakfast at the bed and breakfast. The, of course, the sun would be shining, and it would be lovely and calm. So you go for a long walk on the beach. You'd stop for a coffee down on the seafront, and then you'd walk along to the spa. You'd get the open top bus all the way along to the uh, North Bay. Go for a walk along the beach there. Um, get on the little train at uh, in Pizon Park, and then come along. Um, I've got my dad loved Scarborough, and when he died, we sprinkled some of his ashes under a bench in in Pizon Park. So we always go and sit on Dad's bench and say hello to him, um, and just sit there for a while. And um, and by now it's about lunchtime, so we'd go and have a sandwich somewhere. And Saturday afternoon is the North Riding pub again for a couple of drinks. And then Saturday afternoon, to be honest, is probably a snooze um, because we're on holiday. So we just relax. Saturday night, eat me cafe every single time. I absolutely love it in there. The food is amazing. And um, hopefully that will be followed by seeing a good play at the Stephen Joseph Theatre, um, which is exactly what I'm going to be doing next time we come to Scarborough because I'm going to see Hull Truck Theatre, John Godber play Do I Love You, which is all about Northern Soul, which is going to be great. Um, so that's Saturday. And then on Sunday, that Sunday is just a lazy day. It's just walking around town, getting the funicular, having a look you know, around the Rose Garden and just just soaking it up if there's something on at the spa um you know if the band are playing you could just sit and listen to them i just it's just a case of switching off and i often think about you know moving to scarborough i mean i really do and then i i think well it's my happy place and if i lived in scarborough where would i go for for my happy place so i I think i'd prefer at the moment i'd prefer to keep it at a distance so it's always there as somewhere to go as a treat rather than live there but yeah, I am. I must admit, I am tempted. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll see. That sounds perfect. What a lovely 
lovely weekend that sounds like glenda and um it really does um as someone as a resident of scarborough um i just see value in all of that stuff you've you've talked about because it you know i feel very lucky to live here and um yeah and it's it, you know it's a great place it is. It really is. I'm. I mean, I'm. We're doing this podcast. Uh, you're in Scarborough. I'm up in the northeast, and I'm looking at a picture now on my screen that you've put up for the for the podcast. And it's Scarborough Castle, and it's it's just gorgeous. It really is. It it kind of does my heart good when I see pictures of Scarborough. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Scarborough Spotlight podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed listening to that as much as I did recording it. My thanks go to Glenda for being so generous with her time. I really enjoyed chatting to her about Scarborough, her sea view novels and and her wider career as well. But her love for Scarborough really shone through, I thought, and it makes me realise just how special a place this town is. If you wish to find out more about Glenda's work, please visit her website, which is glendayoungbooks.com. You can keep up to date with all of her work. You can purchase copies of the Seaview series of books, as well as her other historical saga novels that she mentioned in the interview as well. And there's also a link to Glenda's website in the show notes of this podcast. And just a final thank you to the people at the Central Tramway Company who allowed me to go along and record some sound effects in my introduction to this podcast on their site. Uh, they do great work. They they operate the cliff lift between the Scarborough Town Centre and the South Bay Beach. Go and check them out. I've put a link to their website in the show notes as well, which is centraltramway.co.uk. And uh, yeah, go and support them because they do great work as well. I'll be back in a week's time with another episode of the Scarborough Spotlight podcast. In the meantime, please consider leaving a positive review and subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform you choose to listen to us on and uh, that's going to help the podcast grow in 2024. Thank you very much.